Hello, everyone, and welcome out to the good, the bad, and the geeky. I'm Nick Nitro, and you're listening to episode 295 of our little show. And uh, first off, I just want to really say thank you to all the people who have privately messaged me on Facebook and the Tweety Bird and, and all that. Um, you know, we they really enjoyed our last episode of Jimmy and I. I wish I could tell you that he's back again for this very episode right now, but um, he is not. And it's just, again, there's going to be episodes where we have everybody or just Jimmy and I, or maybe even Nathan and I. Other times, there'll just be times where it is um, just me. So, um, and again, it's just due to our schedules. Um, I have a few things cooking on my end right now in my personal life going on, and it's taken up a lot of time and a lot of effort. Uh, And on top of that, I also have editing of past episodes, including Why Not Green, uh, which is, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second, a little bit more about Why Not Green, but um, so yeah, so uh, please, thank you so much for your kind words, um, and the download numbers show for that as well, so we appreciate that, and we'll do our best to try to keep keep that going. Um, it, it, we've been trying to get that done for the past month, and we finally got one done, um, which is very sad. I, I love doing that with Jimmy. It was so much fun. And Okay, so uh, before we go further, though, a quick shit-out to our sponsors. Um, we have a few, um, and that would be over 200,000 titles, audible.com. Get a free audiobook and a, and a, and a trial by going to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. By doing that, not only do you get a free audiobook with a choice of up to 180 to 2,000, 200,000 titles. Guys, that's a lot. But when you do that, some of that go is blowed back towards us, you know. So, you know, please, uh, if you're a huge fan like me, but you don't have a lot of time to read books, or maybe you like reading hardcover books, but they're a little bit more expensive, you know, the, a podcast is technically where it's at. And by that, I mean Audible. It literally is like listening to a podcast. I've listened to Tina Fey's Bossy Pants, for example, a few times, which I got through Audible in my car when I was driving to work every day. And, and that's not just driving to work. It's also driving from work on large, large, uh, large, on long car trips. Uh, they're, they're even better. So please go to audible.com if you'd like to learn more or go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky to sign up and get that uh, free trial and the free audiobook. Also, a big shout out to uh, Pack Rat Comics. Oh my God, Jamie, Teresa, those guys are amazing. Uh, Nebby, Austin, you name it, Bobby, these guys rock it. They have tons of comics, old and new, graphic novels, t-shirts, action figures, statues, years of experience, a huge love of all things geeky, and... They are the 2015 Eisner Award-winning Packrat Comics. So, and by the way, that's only a once-in-a-lifetime award you can win—the Eisner Award for Best Shop. So, uh, that's they're kind of a big deal, you guys. And also, the It's All Been Done Radio Hour. Go to itsallbeendoneradiohour.com, and you can find out tons of information about the show that Nathan and I uh, do, and Jimmy runs. It's Jimmy's show. He does a great job with it. It's awesome. All right, so a little bit more about um, some st- other stuff that's been going on. Uh, first off, Rocky and Boinkle. We've been doing Rocky and Boinkle for a while. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, we're looking on how we can continue Rocky and Boinkle live, if possible, because th- it really benefits from a live show. And we also want to make sure that we have, uh, we have the audience for it. So um, we might maybe do episodes here and there, uh, 
live and other episodes pre-recorded. So, but just keep that in mind that Rocking Boinkle, if you are digging it, then please let us know. I think it's uh, the Rocky and Boinkle Show uh, or Rocky and Boinkle Show at gmail.com, I believe is what it is. Um, actually, you know what? It would be easier if I just looked before I just started talking about it because, you know, that would make sense. Um, yeah, it's Rocky and Bullwinkle Show, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Just shoot us an email. Um, but you know what? Even if you don't like it, you know what? Let me hear why. Do you feel like our Rocky's not right? Do you feel the Bullwinkle is not that good? Um, or you feel the whole thing's not that good, or you feel it's great, please let us know. Like, what's your favorite part? If you like Boris and Natasha, let us know that too. That's Rocky and Bullwinkle Show at gmail.com. Uh, all the episodes are found on gbgpodcast.com, and they're also found currently right now on our old GBG Presents feed. So if you would uh, like you some of that, so to speak, then um, uh, please go to that feed, subscribe to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's such a blast. It really is. And I have such fun writing it. And it's also a good exercise, writing exercise for me. So that's also really... So if you want more information, just type in GBG Presents, or I'm sure if you do a search for Rocky and Bullwinkle, it will come up. Um, you know what? Matter of fact, let's just try that right now. I have iTunes up. Let's go give it a whirl, as they say. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Just typed it in. You can hear me typing it in because that's how good this microphone is. Yeah, if you type in GBG and Rocky and Boinkle, it will pull up Rocky and Boinkle, the magically unauthorized misadventures of Rocky and Boinkle. Um, so please, please do scope those episodes out. Each one is under 10 minutes long. Yeah, they're really accessible episodes, um, and they're the same zany, wacky fun that you might have heard before. This whole episode should just be a plug episode, even though we are going to talk about some other stuff. But I just want to address some stuff uh, why it's fresh in my mind. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? So, Rocky and Boinkle. Also, Why Not Green? Why Not Green was, up until June, recorded live at Pack Rat Comics during our GBG Live show. And Rocky and Boinkle will continue for the rest of the year of 2016 to be recorded live at Pack Rat Comics for GBG Live. But Why Not Green? It's starting to get to a, some some fun, but also you know rather serious storytelling, and that really benefits from pre-recording. So we that's what we're doing. Matter of fact, I also just want to throw out there that I might wait until the other episodes are recorded. Um, so right now we're kind of. Uh, unintentionally on a mid-season break. So if you have been going to our live shows and are listening intently to find out what happens, then uh, please hold on. We appreciate your patience. I know that kind of sucks that we left you on a cliffhanger, Um, but uh, we want to make sure that we have everything recorded, ready to go, and then we'll release it literally one episode a week. That way you don't have to wait a month for uh, what's going to happen next because uh, episode, uh, the second part of episode eight is, I mean, we're going to start barreling through to the end of the season. So I really feel it's better for you as a listener and I think it's better for for you collectively as an audience for us doing Why Not Green. I would like to do season two of Why Not Green. 
Um, I'm still thinking about that and ex- uh, assessing the situation, so to speak. So uh, if you like Why Not Green, email us at goodbaggeekygmail.com. Let us know. Um, let us know what you don't like. Uh, I mean, give us an accurate representation of what you feel about Why Not Green. Uh, yeah, or tweet me at goodbaggeeky or if you know where I'm at on Facebook or maybe just comment on our wall. Uh, go to our website and uh, just click on Facebook or or go to facebook.com slash GBG podcast and just let us know there. Okay, so we got that out of the way. Oh, com. There's going to be an announcement here by the end of July about the future of UTMNT and how it's dependent on you, dear listeners and, and readers of Ultimate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So stay tuned to com. Uh, and or go to uh, the Facebook page for UTMNT because I'm not going to lie, maybe some of you guys will be included in something a little early to help us out with that. Um, if you'd like to have more information, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ultimate TMNT. That's ultimate TMNT. All right. I feel like that was a little bit much, but... Um, I apologize. I really just wanted to talk about some of that stuff because it's part of what we're doing here at D4K Studios and, ju- and, and thus the good, the bad, and the geeky. And, um, you know, good, the bad, and the geeky is kind of my overall audio pursuit. Uh, and it's, it's been, everything's been falling under the umbrella. And I'm trying to get a little bit out from under the GBG umbrella, make GBG just GBG, and have everything else be everything else. Let's talk about some stuff. So, first off, Voltron. Uh, Legendary Defenders or whatever the fuck it's called. It's on Netflix right now. And I, I want to be clear with people. I do not love anime. I, I tend to not like it at all, actually. Um, I liked Dragon Ball Z because it had uh, um, it, it kind of examples of of the Matrix that I liked. Or really, the Matrix, in retrospect, had stuff from Dragon Ball Z. They're like the fast fighting and and all that, and, and the destruction, it, you know, grand scale. And it was also kind of goofy and funny, but I, I don't like the... I, I realized halfway through the... And it was during when it first started premiering on Cartoon Network, so we were really deep into the Frieza saga. And I realized pretty damn quick that the Frieza saga is literally almost every episode is just people... Oh my God, his power is so immense. It's so intense. Immense and intense, and it rhymes. And I, I don't know what I should do. Should I fire his power? It's growing. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, will you just stop monologuing for two seconds and attack the motherfucker? And it's not even strategic-like monologuing, where a character's hiding behind a rock. I mean, Krillin does. There's a character named Krillin. He, he's kind of known for being... He's not weak, but he's known for being kind of a coward at times. Um, and but I mean, but Krillin, I always kind of felt respectively. If you look at him as a serious writer, um, is that he his concept was live to fight another day, um, or fight here and there, here and there, here and there. And uh, and of course, Krillin lasted a long time through the Frieza saga. But the Frieza saga is really fucking long. Um, and it all comes down to Goku coming back, and then when Krillin gets killed by Frieza, after a long, long fight, finally turns Super Saiyan, um, or it's like supersonic, and and kills Frieza. 
it's it's a brutal battle. It's a lot of fun. I think Frieza destroys a planet or two, and then it's like Nemec or Namek or I don't know. It doesn't even matter anymore. But you know, uh, that's I think as far as I got. And I occasionally will try to watch other animes. Um, you know, I Miyazaki films do not feel like anime to me. Um, they feel like unique films. And I think Miyazaki as anime to me doesn't hold up. So um, it holds up as a unique film from another country, from another culture. Well, I think anime collectively as a whole, it just doesn't feed into... I, I It reminds me, honestly, now that I think about it off the top of my head, it reminds me of the old classic 40s and 50s films where they are quick to point out um, when a character is nervous or shy, they always put their elbow behind. It's like it's overacting in some ways, and I and I don't I don't like that. I feel there are ways to be subtle with your acting and animation. Um, it just takes it out of it for me. So the fact that you're doing Voltron again, and I remember Voltron in a different way. I'm not gonna lie, my nostalgia for Voltron lasts as long as my pinky. Which and I don't have a big pinky. Which is, um, oh my god, those toys were amazing, and the concept is amazing. I hope they can pull it off. And I remember uh, when I was at work, uh, uh, a coworker of mine was talking about it. He's like, I saw it post the other day, <laughs> and uh, I might watch it. And I was like, really, it's already up. So. I looked into it and oh my god, it was there. And so I watched. I watched four episodes at one time. It was that phenomenal. And uh, no, I'm sorry, that's not true. I watched episodes two through four in one sitting. Episode one's like an hour and a half, or like I, I can uh, between an hour and hour and a half, maybe like an hour and ten minutes or something. But it's a phenomenal episode, and it it looks like anime. But it feels very toned down, and it, it feels exactly what I want from an, from an anime show. Now, here's the thing, too. Uh, there are some things that really irk the shit out of me, um, but I don't think of it as an anime issue. I think it's an issue that it's a cartoon. Um, what I mean by that is that in a normal live-action show, uh, if something bad happens and they need to stop that bad thing, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'm gonna go play Buffy later tonight, so maybe it's fresh on fresh on the noggin, so to speak. But you're not you're not going to sit there and go, oh, hey, Buffy, you, we need to stop this bad thing from happening. Um, you, you know what I mean? Because the obvious intention is the world is going to blow up, or if you don't stop that, something even worse is going to happen. But in Voltron, it's like they have to, they write it for kids in a way that, you know, it's the few times I really get kind of like, oh, Jesus, again, you have to kind of, it's like you have to very clearly say out like, you need to stop that because then if not, you can't form Voltron anymore. And if you can't form Voltron, then the universe will die. And you're just like, Jesus, I thank you. I fucking get that. All you have to do is say, you need to stop that thing. And that in itself is already a cloper, a cliche, just as bad as, let's get out of here. Or, uh, you know, what's the, it's the one that lethal weapon is like, I'm getting too old for this shit. These are all, again, those are fun lines that you can throw in there in some cases, depending on how they're done. But the tropes are just the same. And 
you realize that they have to kind of dumb it down for kids on some level. And when they do that, you know, it, it, it that will take you out of it a little too. Um, and usually it's the princesses, the princess Aurora. I think it's Aurora. I think I'm saying it right. That's the one who, who is the worst offender of that. Um, for the most part and her psychic who I don't even remember the name of, he's a British dude or something like that. He's the, the comically bad comic relief, you know, the character. But at the same time, if you are accepting of what that is and you understand what they're trying to do and that they have to kind of play down to a certain audience at the same time, you realize that this show is phenomenal and, uh, uh, it's really, really good. Matter of fact, they form Voltron in every episode, but uh, or, or they don't always form Voltron in every episode. It feels like, um, uh, but I would say they only really liberate one planet. Uh, maybe two, no, no, they really only liberate one planet in the entire first season. I think that's eleven or twelve episodes. The old show, they would liberate a planet like it would feel like. This is again, this is nostalgia. It feels like every episode. It's like Power Rangers. They defeat the bad guy. They stop Rita Repulsa. They blow up the giant monster, and there you go. That's what I remember of Voltron as well, is that they form Voltron, they kill the big monster, and there were no real stakes. Not to say that is what it was, but that's my memory of it. That's my nostalgia of the property. So my nostalgia here is almost like, oh, Jesus, they're going to kill a bad guy every episode. And and no, there's actually kind of a, a plot going on and uh, by the way, Andre- Andrea Romano, Andrea Romano, Andrea, I apologize, Miss Romano. Uh, you are someone who I admire. You'd figure I would be able to learn your first name properly. I think it's Andrea. She's done Animaniacs. I know her from the Warner Brothers days. Animaniacs, Batman, Tiny Toons, Pinky the Brain. And now she's also doing Ninja Turtles. Uh, and she is the voice director, casting director on this one. And oh my God, you guys, uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead is, I think, Keith the Red the Red Tiger or Red Lion um, and uh, Tyler Labine from Reaper. I hate to say this like this, but as a big guy, I mean, I know mean no disrespect. Um, he is the usually the typical cliched fat guy, and like Reaper, um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and some other projects that he's in. Um, but Tyler, he's also the star of Deadbeat. Tyler is a wonderful actor. He has great comic. Uh, timing, but I didn't realize until the end of the first episode, a little bit into the second episode, um, that it, it was official. Because there's some points where you're like, "That sounds like Tyler Labine from Reaper," and then you realize, "Oh my god!" You look it up; it is Tyler Labine. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, I'm a big fan of Spectacular Spider-Man, and he. Yep, the AC kicked on. Sorry about that. Uh, Tyler, Le- uh, not Tyler Bean. Uh, I think is I forget the actor's name. I think Josh Keaton, Joshua Keaton. He is the voice of Peter Parker in Spectacular Spider-Man. He is, I think, Shiro. Um, and other great actors pop up. Scott Wolf, Lacey uh, Chabert. Am I saying that right? Lacey, uh, I think she, she's one of the Mean Girls from the movie Mean Girls. Um, is in there. Scott Wolf from The Party of Five. Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead is also uh, an actor. And then you also have Cree Summer, who is Elmira from The Good Old Days, but she is the evil witch. And um, there's some great twists, uh, a really great twist. And um, it really surprised me how good the show is. Um, when, as a matter of fact, the show ends on a major kind of fucking bummer. Um, you know, where they get away to fight another day, but they, it's almost like Voyager where you're just like, wait, 
They have no idea where they're at. All the lions are badly damaged. Um, it's going to take a while for them to recover. And if you and, and being a fan of the first season, um, as I have been, and again surprised every step of the way, you know it really truly is a wonder um, that this show came out all right because I feel like there's so many forces against it, um, and it turns out wonderfully. It's so good. So good. So if you get a chance, please check it out. Um, I will warn you, it is anime. There's anime influences in it. Um, even though it looks like one, it doesn't always act like one. But it does still kind of act like a, 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 an anime. But I feel that um, it's a show that's wonderful for for adults as well. Um, if you can just get by some of those, some of the little bits where it's written for kids. It's... It, again, it's some of it's some really good writing, and it makes me very pleased that um, it's the show's in very capable hands. And if you had to ask me two years ago, uh, where I think I, I would probably go, "Oh, Voltron's coming back. That's cool." But the back of my head would be like, "Well, that's cool. I'm not going to watch." It. Matter of fact, that's kind of how I felt when I was watching. I was like, "Oh, it's it's on. I'll give it the first episode a shot, but it's not for me. It won't be for me." I, I'm kind of accepting of that now. My opinion of what I want the show to be and what it ends up being are very very different things, and I gotta accept that, and, and that's okay. You know, kids need to have their own things, um, and sometimes I, I that makes me being a, makes me kind of snobbish towards that. Um, I for the longest time did not like SpongeBob SquarePants, um, and some episodes make me laugh, some don't at all. But in the movies, usually do. I actually watched uh, 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 Sponge Out of Water. It's surprisingly a decent movie, um, but but yeah. Anyway. Uh, what else have I seen? Uh, we've seen Finding Dory, and uh, you know what? We'll end with that. We'll end with Finding Dory because it's already been 24 minutes or so, and, and I don't want to just bore you all to death. Um, Finding Dory is a good film. It's not a great film, but yet it is. It's a really hard thing to go into. And let me tell you why. Uh... Finding Nemo, the first film, is not a film I, I loved when I first saw it. I, I walked out of the feel, theater going, I, I enjoyed it, but... And you know what? It's kind of the same exact feeling that I got with Finding Dory. I laughed my ass off, just like I did in Finding Nemo, but um, I don't think I was in a place emotionally to really get Finding Nemo the way I did probably when it came out on DVD, because back then I used to just buy any DVD, every DVD... Um, and it's like, it's Pixar, so I should just own it. And there were some funny bits in it. It was my logic. And now, and then when I bought the DVD, I was like, this is a great movie. I really love this movie. I, I guess I was in a different place in my life and it was AKA a year later, but still it's amazing what a year can, can do. Right. So, um, yeah, long story short, too late. I really appreciated the movie a lot more. So finding Dory, um, I kind of want to watch it again and see if my appreciation of the movie is more there because, um, Dory is a is a very unique character. She's a special character, and I mean that sincerely, without any disrespect to anyone with special needs or anything like that, because she has a unique issue. And the way that Andrew Stanton and his team at Pixar tackle it is beautiful. It's wonderful, and it's really funny. And it's amazing that she is able to. And they kind of delve into that as like Dory is so amazing that even though her memory fails her all the time, 
look at what she does, look at what she has done, and look at what she will do. And that is she's created a family um, to help her find her family. It, it's such a beautiful story in that regard. And, um, and now, again, is it better than Finding Nemo? No, but it's not the same story either. And it's such a unique it's such a unique take on trying to tell the story of, of Dory, right? And what you could do. It's not like, you know, and I say this bitterly, it's not like university, Monsters University, where literally it ruins the first movie. It's not even a sequel. And really the only interesting part of the movie comes in at the very end. Um, that's the only time the movie gets actually exciting. Like I look at Monsters University as it's a really funny what-if story, but it kind of cheapens and lessens the impact of the original. But here's the thing. I give so even though I don't find <laughs> I don't see Finding Dory as the same f- film as Finding Nemo in that Finding Nemo to me is a I it's it's way better than Finding Dory, but then again Finding Dory is not the same type of film. It's it's it stands on its own uniquely. Um but it doesn't follow Toy Story uh, like that, where Toy Story Two was a better film and Toy Story Three was an even better film. It's it's its own unique thing, and but if you have to compare the two, Finding Nemo is going to win out, right? But I applaud them for trying to do the sequel. Monsters Incorporated. I feel like they. I think I think the most interesting thing in the world is for monsters to go into the real world and realize you know what's going on, but. Um, they don't. They don't go into that, and they didn't. They didn't even attempt it. They didn't try it. Um, they kind of did at the end, but that's why the movie got good. Um, for those of who, who've seen Monsters University, like I do not enjoy that movie. It, it breaks my heart because Monsters uh, in, Incorporated, um, Wally and Ratatouille are my favorite Pixar films. Um, like they, it, it wounds me how beautiful they are and all for very different reasons. Um, you know, so, oh man, I don't know. It, it, it's a bit of a bummer how, um, so, uh, yeah. So, but finding Dory is really good. Uh, shit. Who's the guy who played, uh, Ed O'Neill, I was, I was thinking of his name. I was like, who's the guy who played Ed O'Neill? Oh, Ed O'Neill. He played the octopus. I think it's Hank. Wonderful job. Um, Eugene Levy is Dory's father. Wonderful job. Um, everybody in the movie does, no joke, a wonderful job. And Ellen DeGeneres, you know, it, oh my gosh. I also just want to point out to um, the walruses or the seals and uh, the porpoises and or whales are, to me, the highlights of the movie. And so, excellent job with the casting, excellent job with the storytelling, and um, it's a fun movie. I think the adults will enjoy it. It's not like Zootopia where the adults are going to enjoy it way more than the kids, um, but the kids, of course, will enjoy it. This is a movie that, uh, that the adults will enjoy. They're along for the ride. And uh, they'll get a kick out of it. But, uh, you know, this movie is really going to sing for the kids. Now, uh, before we end, um, because we're almost here at 30 minutes, I just want to throw out there and say that if you are listening to this, you made this our first off, congratulations. I didn't bore you 100% to death. But I would also say, please, 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 please think about this, is if you want to get a fish, 
do not get a blue tang. Blue tang is the type of fish that dory is. And uh, I saw a lot of reports on this and a lot of research. And um, the blue tang cannot mate in the uh, in ha- uh, captivity. They can only breed in the wild. And they're kind of not doing great to begin with. So please, 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 only if you are a experienced owner of fish would you purchase a blue tang. Do not buy it for your kids because you know it's what dory is. If you want dory, buy a, a, a fish like dory. Buy a plush one um, from your store. I don't usually do weird little things like that, but I, I, it really just bothers me a little bit. Um, I didn't know that where a lot of clownfish were bought from stores. It makes completely perfect sense because kids want they want Nemo, they want Marlin, um, but uh, uh, the fish. You know they 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 can take a beating um and but not much, and then they 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 pass away and um every creature we have on earth um animal and human of course is very very valuable, and uh we should take care of that so all right, I'm off my little soapbox there um thank you so much for listening. If you have any thoughts on this episode, please email us at goodbaggeeky at gmail dot com or tweet us at goodbaggeeky and uh Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll be back in the next uh, week or two with Jimmy and or a uh, past episode of, uh, of I don't know, Good, Bad, and Geeky Live or something like that. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Get out of here, You're a creep. Go away. We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers. Go have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something, this is a happy place.